That's you, Guy Phillips. Filling in again for Heidi. It is Guy. a Friday. <laughs> we made it all the way. We did. We, we got, got uh, two, today and Monday and Tuesday. Two more days after yeah, this. right. But we, here we are, end of the week, and uh, it's going to be downright frigid tomorrow. You don't like the weather? Wait a few minutes. I Well, I know. And, and truthfully, what well, was yesterday was 42, and when I came in, today was 14. But all the all the snow that had melted yeah. is back. Yeah. Apparently it snowed last night. Well, oh, it did? No, I didn't see any snow. Oh, yeah. From last oh, night? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's it's covered the roads again. What did I not see? That's that's why my window was frozen shut, guy. I, well, from I that mean, story I told you. you. It doesn't. It could be that you wash your car and then. <laughs> the, yeah. you know. It was a balmy forty two. There could so be it, people that don't like you in your apartment complex they and they spray water. Down, right. Yeah. yeah. Any number of things. It's going to be three degrees tomorrow night. I did not notice. You didn't? I didn't notice any snow on the way in today. Oh, my gosh. My wife crazy? comes in this morning and she said, it snowed again. And me and Finn are half awake. And we're like, well, who cares? Last time it snowed, they were, uh, it was, I have to say, kind of disappointed with the snowfall. I'd like to get one, at least one big dumping Every year. year. Yeah. Every year we say that. Just one. But the, the flakes were outstanding. Oh, big fat flakes. Huge. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they were the fun Dave, ones. Dave Murray's a hamster-sized flake. <laughs> hamster size is great. So uh, last night, um, uh, it was a kind of a, a guy's night. Uh, you know, it's sort of funny. A uh, good friend of mine and I, we, we used to go to movies on Tuesdays and call it Macho Tuesday because we'd go to see the movies that the girls didn't want to see, our yeah. wives, right? Right, yeah. Like yeah. the Fast and the Furious. Sure, sure. And, uh, anything with Jason Statham in it. <laughs> yeah. So last night, uh, we went to the auto show downtown St. Louis. It was yeah, the macho. first night, and it was kind of a macho, macho thing. Thursdays. But it is funny how we went and we were looking at some Fords, particularly the new Mustang, which was pretty cool. And uh, the guy said, so... Um, Fellas, uh, you know, you interested in this vehicle? And, like, together. Oh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And, oh, and yeah. Uh, I said, oh, no, we were just, we were looking for uh, our, our daughters. Not our daughters together. <laughs> our daughter, you know, and all of a sudden, I feel like every time somebody, you know, two guys are just walking around. Oh, you, you felt like you got the. I felt like I was getting the eye, and uh, not really the eye, but, you know, people are super sensitive about well, how they I mean you didn't have to walk hand in hand the whole well, time. Well, that's true, you know, and wear the same clothes. <laughs> <laughs> but I I I have to say I was a little disappointed in the auto show. In the car show? I really was. I I just you know, I, we didn't uh the luxury brands were not there. I just like looking at everything. Yeah. I mean, I looked at uh, you know, the Fords, the Toyotas, the, I I didn't see any Buicks. I didn't see any Lexus. There was no uh Jaguar there. Uh, not that I knew. I, I, I mean, I, we looked around pretty hard. There was no Mercedes. A lot of electronic vehicles, you know, and we talked about how they performed in the colder weather here in the Midwest yeah, and, and across the country. Whoopsie. But uh, the hybrids, there were some cool automobiles, but, and maybe because it was the opening night and there were fewer people there, it just didn't feel like it, it normally did to me. But I, uh, I did, but I'm a sucker for this kind of stuff. So I did. You know, we were looking for something to eat. They didn't have anything to eat. It was like they had no food there. Weird thing. Yeah, finally found a little marketplace, and they made hot dogs like six hours in advance and put them out. Woof. Yeah. Uh, whoops. So 
Yeah, I'm looking at this thing. There is no uh, Lincoln, but there's no Buick. There is... Well, they had their... Lin- they, I saw Lincoln. Volvo, there, there. but there's no Lexus. Right, no Lexus last Acura. night. Acura. Acura was there. There's not... Uh, Toyota's there, I yeah. guess. We it's saw the all Lantis. the cars. Yeah. I don't remember seeing a Buick. Yeah, there's no Buick on here. Maybe Buick doesn't have anything to show anybody. Well, I think they do. <laughs> I, I really, I think they've they got like, some new... Look, we're Buick. We are what we are. We're okay? Buick. <laughs> if you came in to buy a Buick, then something happened in your life. Oh, man. Well, I, I, as I was walking out, I walked past. They have a bunch of people selling windows and siding and, you know, that little area oh, between yeah, the stadium right. and, the, and the... Sponsors Row. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And... Uh, I got stopped by a guy, and uh, he said, "You got to try this stuff on your hands, man. You got to try it. It's great. It's fantastic." You've you been know. talking about how dry your hands are, right? And that's the only reason that I thought. Man, I said, "Well, what is it?" He said, "We make it here. Well, we, you know, the old oil we take out of your car. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> we make something incredible." So uh, the guy said, "Just rub this on your hands for thirty seconds, you know." And I'm, it's like uh, kind of a real gritty. Like, uh, what is it, uh, the, the kosher salt kind of oh, look? Oh, yeah, you know, okay, right? right. So rubbing that real hard. And, I, you know, he says, don't rub it real hard, just rub it. And I rubbed it for about 30 seconds, and the guy poured some warm water over my hands. I never felt anything like it in my life. Good. It's it good was, thing. oh, my God, my hands were like like newborn's hands. Oh, wow. They got real small. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, but, but, but they were... They could barely drive home. I was fantastic. So today... I, I took it out and I showed my wife. I said, "Hey, I was at the auto show last night and I bought this." And I was like, "What? What kind of guy goes to an auto show and buys hand?" Well, see now you scrub. now there's there's a reason why that guy was asking. No, are you and your husband gonna <laughs> looking into a Mustang? Well, yeah, right, exactly. No, we're just here to look and buy hand hand, hand scrub. scrub. Yeah, that's what we wanted, just hand scrub. But it's great stuff, and uh, these guys are local guys. They make it. I don't know. I think the guy said in Melville. Well, do you have it? Did uh, I didn't bring it in, no. Well, you should have brought it in. I can have my wife take a picture of it. Well, I'm, I want to. That's not going to help me. Oh, oh, <laughs> you mean when you want to try it? Yeah. I want to try it. And and then it leaves kind of a, he said, uh, it's, it's sort of an oil, a natural oil. And sure enough, look at, I mean. Well, look at my two finger. I got Band-Aids on my thumb and yeah, my yeah. index finger. My knuckles, Dry. everything's cracking. Yeah, yeah. This in this weather, I got that around my uh, thumbnail. The thumbs, and it just the hurts. It's hurts. Terrible. You don't realize how often you use the part of your hand that gets cut or splits open until it happens. You know everything. You know opening a soda or something, mm-hmm. or you know picking up who knows mail. Everything hurts. Yeah, when you're using it. I mean the the bottom of my palm is is rough, is rough and yeah. cutting open. Should have brought uh, it in. Who is that guy? I'll bring it in Monday, by the way. Do that, because Guy's going to be here again on Monday and Tuesday, and we'll tell you what we're going to have on the show today in just a second. But who was the guy, was it Of Mice and Men, and one of his hands, he would take a glove and fill it with Vaseline and wear that around the farm so that he, and he always, I want to have a soft hand for my wife. You know, and then Lenny ends up murdering her. Uh, I've been thinking, like, I want to do what Curly does. The soft hand murders. Yes, I just want to walk around in gloves filled with Vaseline this time of year. So my wife bought this for me the other day because I was complaining about my hands. And this year, as you get older, apparently this happens, but they have never been as rough. And so she went to, I think, CVS or Walgreens, 
and bought this. It's called a face and hand mask, and it's oh, a, like a glove yes, deal. Yes, you you smother this stuff on your hands, and then you put the the glove on and I have for fifteen twenty that. minutes, right? And then you rub the other stuff in, and then I guess wipe it off, and it's supposed to be a miracle. My uh, wife was doing the face mask, and she gave me the hand one. Uh, somebody saying uh, uh, skin skin cream talk with Guy and Josh. Skin care talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's what you're going to get for the next twenty minutes. You know. I'm sorry. It must be age. I don't know. You know, <laughs> I got suckered into buying one of these things. And I, you know, I, listen, I could have been 1130 at night and then the, uh, some commercial would have come on television. I would have bought it. Yeah. Uh, someone said you should try O'Keefe's Working Hands. It's fantastic. I've got it. Yeah, I, I have it, too. It's in the green tube. Yeah. yeah it's good stuff. Yeah. I work outside in the winter. I use it every year. I've got it. I've got it. But I'm telling you, this scrub stuff, it's... It's unbelievable. Thirty seconds, of, and it kind of it kind of hurts. It doesn't hurt. It's not bad, but it's rough. And bring then it you, in. Is this hey. a live read here? Yeah, I, I know. Uh, it sounds like take I, a picture of it. I'll call them in the commercial I, break. I'd yeah. love to know what it is. Yeah. And if here's the deal, I'd Try love to squeeze forty bucks out of them. I'm going to call the guys that you know that make it because it's local, and I'm going to say, look, if I mention it on the air on KTRS on Monday, I want you to give me two free tubes of this stuff. Or, Did you say or, that? Someone no, said, but I'm going to. Someone said, find the name of the scrub. Yeah. Now they're they're interested. I will. Yeah, so we'll have to Kimberly, tell the guys over in Grand. Send me City. the scrub, will you? Do you have the, uh, is she listening? Somebody else said, I'd love to go online and buy it. So here we are, giving out free advertising as always. All right. <laughs> With Guy in here, someone saying that they wanted to go to the show, and then when they looked up that the luxury brands weren't going to be there, they have changed their mind. Yeah, I was disappointed. Uh, I don't want to steer anyone away from it because it's always a fun event. Someone said we had so much snow in St. Charles that there was no school again. I what? Didn't, it, there was not enough snow on the ground to prevent kids from going to school. I'm I sorry. drove Lindbergh all the way up here, and there was, I, I swear, there was nothing. I came in at 1 o'clock. I know. I, I don't get it. Uh, but... The uh, the text line is open eight four one two six. I just want to say that uh, the phone lines are open. If you want to call us nine three one five eight seven seven, we've got a lot of time today to play because at three thirty we've got Bill McClellan. He's going to talk to us about Clayton High School. He's one, you know. You got Charlie calling into McGraw Show, talking about it. Bill wrote a piece in the Post Dispatch, but this story about Clayton High School or the Clayton School District, I guess, trying to buy the old brown shoe land has sparked so much ire and outrage from people inside Clayton and outside that that everybody seems to be talking about this thing. So we'll get Bill's take on it. And I like Bill so much just as a person that, you know, we'd get I'll get him on the show to read the phone book. Uh, you know, we should make a, a bet time. with Bill. If, uh, you know, if Kansas City beats Buffalo, I'll shave my head. If they lose, well, he's got to shave his mustache. his mustache. Have you ever seen him without his mustache? Let's ask him if he's ever shaved it. I asked my dad one time. He said, one time I shaved my mustache. Isn't that funny? You know, and it's like, wow. Uh, Mike Ward is here as always. He's going to come in in the 4 o'clock hour, Ward on Wind, uh, brought to you by Deerberg's. Jason Nathanson is going to join us and talk about new movies in the theaters now. But breaking news within the last hour or so, Alec Baldwin being charged with manslaughter again. 
And I say again, did he ever get charged? No, I don't think so. They were. They were. Uh, I believe he was, and they were dropped. I think, yeah, I think he was in New Mexico. Yes, a year ago. Then they dropped, and I think they're they're bringing it back again. So Jason's going to tell us all about it, and then Brent Fred's going to join us at five thirty. Look forward tonight. to that. Yep. Uh, and uh, guess who's a Cardinal again, or at least back in the organization? Matt Carpenter. And does that mean that we're going to have salsa again? Remember the salsa? I do. Yeah, yeah, that was it. A wasn't bad. Flash in the pan deal. Yeah, Schnooks had it. I think. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't bad. But will they bring the salsa back again? I, I wouldn't know. buy it just because. I I just didn't want to buy it, you know, the baseball players' salsa. Well, I don't think he. <laughs> well, I know, but I mean, you know, I mean, I he benefits had... from it. And he was making sixteen million a year, and I'm I thinking think to myself, it probably went towards charity, right? Yeah, maybe it did. Maybe I screwed that up. He's not getting percentage of it is he that i think that he be, is that would be interesting yeah let's uh, find out but ben's gonna join <laughs> us and ben i know that uh, all the other shows have mentioned this but we haven't had ben on yet uh to congratulate him but he is the missouri sports writer of the year according to that's a big deal uh nation i guess they give 50 out do they get 51 what about the oh, puerto rican sports writers yeah, it's not such a big deal then if um, they get 50 right so he's the one from Missouri. All right, your wife texted you. Yeah, I got it. The uh, The name of the stuff is... Uh, wait, before I tell you about this scrub for your hands, I should see if I can get a whole free case of it, but I won't. Mountain Man Scrub, S-K-R-U-B. <laughs> we, we, yeah. We're so manly, we spell scrub with a K. And I have to say it was kind of expensive, but it did the job. It was amazing. Well, let so, me see that. Oh, so she's, oh, yeah. Why is there a spoon there? Because you're supposed to take only half of that spoon. Did the give spoon it to come you. with it? Spoon came with it. Oh, yeah. wow. And they don't, it doesn't break. It's a little plastic thing. But you're supposed to take half, you stir it up, take half of a spoonful, and then rub it on your hands. All right. Connor, look this up. Mountain Man, Man Scrub, S-K, R-U-B. With a K. Yeah. And uh, we'll we'll tell the listeners, and then I'll call them. In the commercial break and see if they want to be sponsors on the Big yeah, Five. you know what? We really blew that, didn't we? Yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I forgot what radio's yeah. like. Well, well, didn't you already tell everybody about us? Yeah. 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 <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll catch you next time. <laughs> All right. Let's go to commercial break. Uh we're going to talk to Bill McClellan coming up next and give you a traffic update and all that stuff. But like I said, text lines open 84126. And if you want to give us a call on the phone lines, 931-5877. That's a 314 area code. And apparently these days you got to die. Oh, guy, we called the time and temp. Yesterday. Yes, and it works. But there's like a, a minute and a half advertisement. Before they even get to the good stuff. Who would ever pick up a phone? Nobody has a, a phone. Any, well, I, can you imagine using a home phone to try and call time and temp? <laughs> Let me see if I can get some temperature. And if I if I tell you who's sponsoring time and temp again, the boss is going to come in here and pull the plug and take us off the air for all the free advertising. Yeah, yeah don't tell me. But I'll tell you in the commercial break. But it was a it was almost a minute and a half commercial. <laughs> it's like, look, if I wanted, to, you know, welcome to America. Yeah, that's right. We're selling everything. Yeah, you got to wait a minute just to hear the actual time and temperature. So, uh, three, two, one, two, 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 still active. But the one I used to call as a kid, 3212522, no longer. 
Someone else said that there's a woman that went to school with her kids that is the voice of the we're sorry the number you dialed is no longer in service. You know, I can believe that because Southwestern Bell. You remember? I mean, they said that she worked for AT and T. Yeah, it was her kids went to the kids school went with to school. her kids. Those with women's people. kids. Right. Oh god. Yeah. So the woman uh, would have. This wouldn't have been recent. Right. So if that I would like to know who that is. They said her name, but I don't know if we could just throw it out on the air. Sure, we can. Right. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'll try to find the. You text. know why? Why? Because it's not my show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let Heidi deal with that. Uh, let's go to commercial break, and when we come back, Bill McClellan. Well, we've been seeing this story about Clayton School District wanting to buy uh, the Brown Shoe Building. It's called Calaris. Calaris, now. yeah. Um, but it's a uh, cool building, by the way. It is, and it's in a great part of town. It's in a great location. It could be so much more. And I thought I jumped on this story because you know me. I'm obsessed with houses. Um, real estate in general. Real estate in general. I'm obsessed with city planning. I was a kid of, of the SimCity age, you know. And I, sure. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, that would be so much better if it was, you know, condos or retail or whatever. I thought I was just a nerd about this. And then you see Everyone seems to be talking about this inside Clayton and outside. And uh, Bill McClellan wrote a piece over the weekend. I read it and I said, let's get Bill on to talk about it. Because Charlie Brennan in the morning with McGraw, oh, he's just so, you know, Charlie Brennan. So let's get Bill McClellan because we'd rather get his take on it. Bill, how are you? Hey, I'm great. I'm great. Uh, A little more laid back than Charlie. Right. Right, right exactly. and that's kind of what we are as well. Uh, guy filling in for Heidi today. So, Bill, again, thank you for joining the show. Sure, Guy. Uh, so, uh, Bill, when I read your uh, column about this uh, Clayton High School purchase, uh, I got a million questions. But the very first thing that came to my mind was unite and untie are spelled with the same letters. Well, that that is very philosophical. <laughs> <laughs> um, Deeper than any thoughts I have on the matter. So, so how how does this uh, purchase at thirty three million dollars? First of all, I think people would want to know uh, where is this money coming from? Is there some kind of uh, uh, slush fund? I mean, where do, where do they get thirty three million dollars to purchase an off campus building? You, you know, I, I I don't know, and apparently they're uh, only going to spend twenty million on it. I mean, the whole thing is is. Uh, crazy and sad, you know. I've I've lived here on the edge of Clayton, near Forest Park, for you know like forty three years, forty one years, and I've never seen any revolt against the Clayton school system like I put in the column. It's like the zoo, and all of a sudden, you know, above reproach, mm-hmm. and and all of a sudden we have this fight and the pictures in the paper a couple of days ago about the meeting Wednesday night were just terrible. You know, the old people, younger than me, but old people raising their hand against this. Ben Uchitelli, the former mayor at the microphone, and I thought, how has this happened? And I'm afraid that the school district and the board brought it on themselves with a, a sudden announcement out of the blue that we're buying a nine-acre campus, you know, the, the old uh, Calaris building, the Edison Brothers, Edison Shoe Company, and 
when people said, oh, well, how much are we paying for it? Well, we can't tell you that. Yeah, they won't They won't say what it is. We'll until next month, but we won't say how much. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, well, okay, what are you doing with it? Then? Well, an enhancement campus. We and, said, what is that? That's my biggest problem with it because when when these days everyone has such nebulous words for this and that and the other, a empowerment campus. What the heck does that mean? I mean, are they going to take the building and convert them into classrooms and teach empowerment in the classroom? It doesn't mean anything, Bill. No, it, it, it doesn't. You know, and I I made an effort to talk to uh, Superintendent. Patel, and I've heard nice things about her, and you know, and she canceled two meetings, and and, and I understand all of a sudden she, she's busy with more important things, but w- when you have the uh, political leaders, you know, aligned against this, you know, starting with the mayor and then the four former mayors, and and then the business community saying this is a bad idea. Uh, and, and the condo association, I didn't even know there was one. And, and I have <laughs> Guy and Josh. I, I'm, like, not in the loop uh, in, in Clayton politics. Like, I don't know a single member of the board. You know, I, I make my uh, – when the board elections come along, you know, my wife is in a book club. And <laughs> goes to the book club, and they – you know, they know everybody. Somebody in the club knows all the candidates. And when she comes home, I say, hey, who should I vote for? And if she doesn't know, I ask one of the neighbors who has kids in the district. But, but it's always been so civil in the idea, <laughs> the idea that there would be an uproar in Clayton about the school district is just astounding. So, but what are the concerns uh, that the residents there in Clayton have raised about the purchase? Is it the lack of transparency with respect to the the funds, or is it the fact that it's a nine-acre campus away from the high school? And you know why? And why would the uh, district itself not come forth immediately and say, "Here's our plan. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what it's going to cost, and here's how we're going to use it." Well, I, I think it's the, the lack of transparency that bugged a lot of people because, like, it never even came up in a board meeting, you know, when they have their monthly or bi-monthly meetings. It, it was never discussed, and all of a sudden it was announced that uh, we were doing this, uh, you know, it was announced this month, you know, we're doing this, we're buying this, and uh, closing will be in February. And just, wow. And that's when people say, like, Okay, how much are you paying? Well, we're not going to announce that until closing. At the behest of the seller who and the law firm representing the seller employs one of the board members. And, and you know, it, it just seemed like a bad way to do it. Now, I, I suppose the argument against transparency, if you were to make it, and I haven't heard anybody make it, but would be that, well, if you announce that you're buying this property, maybe somebody else will leap in and say, uh-huh. we'll buy it. Yep. But that doesn't really seem to be the case here because that property has been on the market for a while. And it seems to me that if the Board of Education said, hey, we're interested in buying this and started a public dialogue, you know, if somebody else came in and outbid them, uh, too bad. But, uh, you know, it, it's very hard to get a handle on any of this and at the meeting Wednesday 
which I did not go to, uh, you know, the, the board members were asked what their plans were, and everybody had a different one. You know, one guy wanted a football field. <laughs> another person wanted a world-class performing arts center. And I, I thought, a performing arts center, like, you know, you'll be competing against what, Keel and Stiefel and Shanna. You know, what does that have to do with the Board of Education? I mean, we're going to be start booking concerts. It's all just really weird. Yeah, you know, and uh, earlier I had mentioned that $33 million number. That was the, uh, the, the assessment. assessment, right, yeah. So so could it be possible that it's assessed, say, at $33 million, and somebody on the school board says, hey, you know what, hey, I've got a great investment. It. I can get it for 20 Yeah, so we get it for 20 and we sit on it for two or three or four years, and property tax values go up, and all of a sudden uh, there's a profit to be had by someone. Well, you know, I, I, theoretically, I, I, I think that's possible, but, you know, I, I'm so old-fashioned about stuff that I think that the school board should be concerned with education and not into real estate speculation or yeah, right, sure. concert promotion. And, <laughs> you know, the guy from Clayco, not Bob Clark, but one of his, uh, you know, second-in-command guys, was at the meeting Wednesday and said that uh, $20 million is too much for this because, you know, the, the work that will have to be done to clear the property, et cetera, uh, it, it – it's not worth $20 million. You guys are overpaying. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, and one of the board members uh, suggested along the lines you're talking about that, well, we'll kind of flip it, you know, that we'll use some of it and sell the rest. And, and like I say, I just don't see that as the Board of Education's uh, role to be investing in real estate and you know, and and maybe they really know what they're doing. And I don't know anything about real estate. I, I bought one house in my life, and it's the house I'm sitting in right now. <laughs> so I'm not an expert on this stuff. But it's not the role that I see the Board of Education having. Well, Wash U does it, and universities do it. But they have the but staff. They're, pri- they're private, though. And they're private. And they have the staff that can do it, and they probably have a whole section of of people that run it, and it counts towards their endowment. But I've never heard of a high school, the public high school, that had an endowment. I'm just concerned. And uh, th- I-, I used to live down uh, by you, Bill, uh, and I'm just concerned that when somebody buys a tract of land and has <clears throat> no clear path of what to do with it, we're going to get a schnooks that sits on the corner of, of Clayton and Hanley yeah, for you know, 20 I, years. It's uh, you, 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 sad probably right guy and, and i i don't understand much of it at all but when you said the difference between public and private like private schools and universities can do this but a public entity like the board of education i mean that's all public money and you know we didn't elect these people to be real estate speculators even if they're you know very good at it i mean maybe in if they do this maybe in 10 years it'll look great but it just seems reckless to me. Yeah, should this matter to anybody, Bill, outside of Clayton proper? Well, you know, I, I, I think it does I, in a couple of ways. I mean, f- first, there's a lot of people who look at it with bemusement. 
you know, that this is such a first world problem. <laughs> These are rich people and they're arguing about money and it's kind of fun. It, it's like all of us who watch Succession. Yeah. And uh, this was fun. And, <laughs> and I think there's a little bit of that yeah. in the general community looking at it and go, Clayton's having a fight over property. But, but I think there's other people in, uh, you know, in, in, in Kirkwood and Webster and, and in other upscale communities who look at this and go, wow, I wonder if this could happen in our town. If, you know, not that the Board of Education has exactly gone rogue, but it sort of has. I mean, making this, you know, announcement out of the blue that we're buying a nine-acre parcel and people going, well, you know, it isn't like the school population is going up. And why do we need this? And, and well, we need an empowerment campus. You know, it's just, I think there's a lot of people looking at this and going, this is very strange. So, yeah, and if, if they did want to be real estate speculators, then just come out and say that. I'm, I'm not even necessarily against that. It's just this whole weird secret Thing of it, I think people outside Clayton would say, "Could this same thing happen, happen to us?" Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I would argue that uh, Clayton, being the county seat of St. Louis County, uh, Clayton, you know, heaven help us, we ever get some sort of merger between city and county, Clayton's profile would get even bigger. It's a major hub of business and and government. And what happens in Clayton really does have something to do with all of us. I I think that's my take on it. So well, anytime... you know, it, it's true. And, and but you know, but I, I also think that you know, in the end, no matter how this is resolved, and you know, and the board is meeting, maybe even as we speak, you know, they're going to decide Monday what what the heck they're going to do. But no matter how it turns out, the Clayton School District will still be a fine school district. You know, I mean, it's got it's, it's got plenty of money, so it's got really good teachers and a nice staff. It's got committed parents, you know, who read to their kids when they're little. You know, I mean, the, the school district is not going to fail if they buy this Calaris property and it goes bad. But it's just one of those things that you shake your head at. And, like I said, I've never seen any furor in the Clayton School District. You know, we, we have never elected, you know, a Moms for Liberty candidate or anything like that. <laughs> and all of a sudden we have this huge fight. And, and you know, it's sad to me. It is. Well, Bill, listen, I would uh, recommend to you that you check your tax bill next time you have an opportunity just yeah. just Uh-oh. in case there might be slipping something in there. Uh-oh. Uh, but uh, thanks so much for spending some time with us today. We yeah, always yeah, enjoy it. Have a nice Friday afternoon, guys. Thank you, Bill. Okay, we, we do enjoy reading this column. And somebody on the text line, 84126 Woods Basement Systems. Text lines, most towns don't have that much money to even have to worry about this. And that's the thing. Most schools, we talked about it yesterday when we had this, the school book author on. Wait. Most schools don't have enough money to pay their teachers. Hold on a second. How do we know? We didn't know what Clayton had. Oh, that's true. We still don't know because they won't say. Yeah. So who's got the dough and where is it? So maybe that's something that uh, 
They've, you know, they've, you opened, find out. they've opened a line of credit on every student <laughs> in the school without yeah. them knowing it, and that's how they're going to pay for it. I wouldn't doubt it. Okay. Uh, we've oh, got... I thought it was fun to talk, just, yeah. just like talking to Bill. He's, so. he's a good guy. Oh, we didn't ask him about his mustache. Oh, <laughs> oh for heaven's sake. Connor, get him back on the phone. Can I just say one thing? You know, now I've always liked Bill's mustache. I think it fits him. It's, I'm used to seeing it in his picture and all that kind of stuff. But when I was watching the Kansas City game last week, they kept showing Andy Reid's mustache covered with, it wasn't snow, it wasn't rain, okay? That was coming from his nose, and every time they showed him with, hey, look at this, he's got a frozen mustache, ha ha. Do you realize how disgusting that was? Oh, no. It was, I would rather see somebody spit tobacco on a sideline than to see Andy reads frozen snot mustache i didn't even think about that oh lord i didn't even think and they about kept that. going back to it it was like they were zooming in on it i you don't <laughs> don't you think that might have been you know no uh, condensation no. from nope. breathing nope oh <laughs> well we get a good chance to see it again this weekend because yeah, it's going to be 12 degrees in buffalo on yeah. uh i think they might play on the sunday night game but i thought it was interesting obviously this cold snap going across the country we talked about that basketball player who couldn't make it to the game in portland because he the ice, ice. Uh, i've got a name for it snifficles Sniff, sniff, sniff icicles. Yeah, right. So snifficles. Uh, it's going to be twelve in Buffalo, but it's only going to be twenty-two in Baltimore, where um, where they're playing the Ravens and Texans. Twelve game. and twenty-two. Yeah. Not much difference. Not much difference. No. So it's going to be cold in both places, uh, but fun. That's when football gets fun. Uh, let's go to commercial break, and when we come back, traffic and a little bit more of this before the top of the hour. Don't let me down. Falling asleep. No, th- I love this song. It's a great song. Yeah, it's, yeah. I think my favorite Beatles song. So uh, we laughed yesterday about uh, the, the city of Brentwood. When you when you get off uh, forty and you're driving to the city of Brentwood, there's a uh, what, what are they called? Beautiful call them? new fountain. Yeah, it's a fountain with a, there. With a big brick wall. Uh, and I can't remember what they call those things. It's like the legend. It's called a legend. Oh, okay. And on the legend, it says City of Warmth. That's that's nice. I mean, it's probably been there for, what, 12 years now? I had no idea Brentwood was called the City of Warmth. I didn't either. <laughs> Did you know that... Do you think they Bar- held a vote for that? Or yeah, I don't know. Decide? Is that their official moniker? Uh, who, cho- like, who chose that? I don't know. It's are, like Brunswick. Are they, are they that warm? Brunswick, Missouri, home of the world's largest pecan. Oh, sure. You know, okay, pecan city. Uh, yeah, Kansas City. What's Kansas City? Uh, they they have a lot of fountains. It's yeah, city of fountains. City fountains. That's exactly right. Is oh, that come right? On. It is. Yeah. What Kirkwood? You. you live in Kirkwood. I did. I did. You know this? No. Kirkwood is the train city. Nope. The green tree city. <laughs> As sure. opposed to yeah. the blue tree city. Nixa. Nixon, where, where is Missouri? Missouri. It's, down, uh, it's down south. Home of Jason Bourne. Is that true? Is that I, like, in the, like the, in the movie? The Bourne I, legacy? I, I get, I'm just looking right is now. Is Matt Damon from there? No. Jason <laughs> Bourne is. How about yeah. Warrensburg? 
Uh, Warrensburg. Oh, that's where uh, that's Central where the school, Missouri. Yeah, Central yeah. Missouri. Uh, the Mule City. No, the Berg. <laughs> oh, just the Berg. The Berg. Okay. Just the Berg. So I'm going to give you guys major cities. Okay, I'll give you their slogan. You tell me what city it is. You ready? Uh, Here we go. Okay, yeah. All right, the Big Apple. New York yeah, City. That's Sin, an easy one. Sin City. Vegas. Windy City. Chicago. The Big Smoke. The Big Smoke? Yeah. Um, it's actually not in the U.S., but it's right on the border. Oh, it's not in the U.S. It's in Canada. It's Vancouver. I'll give oh. you that. All right. Why do they call it the Big yeah, Smoke? Why, is it a lot of factories there? There is a na- There's a reason, and I don't know. Uh, City of Angels. L.A. Right. The Big Easy. New Orleans. City of Brotherly Love. Philly. Brother City. Brotherly Shove. Yeah. Oh, Motor City. Mm-hmm. Detroit. Detroit Rock City. Bluff City. Bluff City. Uh, is it like on the bluffs? Like, uh, is it... Uh... Alton, Alton, Illinois. No, no, it's, a, it's no. a major city. Bluff City. South Dakota. It's in Tennessee. Oh, uh, Nashville? No, no, uh, it's Chattanooga. the other one. The one with M. The oh, Memphis. Memphis. Of course. All right, dear. Is Memphis built be, on a... I thought that'd be the Pyramid City. I don't know. The Bass Pro City. Is Memphis built on a bluff? I, I've been there. It's uh, needs to be rebuilt totally. Right. Yeah. Uh, wait. What about... We're missing one. Mound City. Wait. I haven't gotten haven't, all of them oh, yet. I haven't gotten all of them. Okay. Yeah, you just right. piped down. Like jumping ahead. Steel City. Pitt. Yep. The Emerald City. Oh, I feel like I know this one, but I can't remember. I do it. feel like I know this one. It's out west. Is it the Emerald City? Northwest. Is it, uh, oh, it's Seattle. 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 Yep. Yeah. Bean Town. Boston. Boston. City by the Bay. Why is it called Bean Town? Because the Boston beans. Because the be- baked beans. Is that where they Boston baked beans? I thought that was just a candy. I don't know. I'm making stuff up. I, uh, I have no I think idea. That's right. The Boston Baked Beans. City by the Bay is San Fran. Right. Or I like to call it Shoplifter's Paradise. I think they're going to switch it to that. Yeah. That's the city that has the most smash and grabs. Big D. Dallas. Charm City. Oh, we did this we did yesterday. The, we talked. This Baltimore. was the one they kicked okay. it off. Baltimore. It's Baltimore. Space City. Houston. Houston. Mound City. Here it is. Right. St. Louis. That's St. Louis. It. But it, it's, I've never heard anyone call it. No. Connor thinks we're making this I up. I think you're making, you think you're both crazy. No, and there is, there's a mound, there used to be a Mound City nut company. Yes, off yeah. of Olive. Yeah. I used to drive past mound it on City. my way home every Good stuff. day. stuff. Queen City. I just looked it up because I was jumping ahead. Uh-huh. Oh, it's, it's Cincinnati. Bu- Cincinnati. No. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, what do yeah. you think it Buffalo was? Buffalo no. is called the Queen City. No, no, no. no it's not. Yes. No. Yes. I refuse city to City of Buffalo that. is often referred to as the Queen City. Mile high. Denver. Mm-hmm. Or what I meant was you're mile high. Yeah, I'm, yeah eight miles high. And uh, Music City. Nashville. That's right. That was Nashville. Now, Chattanooga, I don't know. Choo-choo. Yeah. <laughs> the Chattanooga Choo-choo. I, don't, I have no idea. But, but who, who picks these? I don't know. But it is kind of funny when you think about our local municipalities. Like Hazelwood, for instance, or uh, the, uh, yeah, Afton. Yeah. You know, what, what are the what little... What if Hazelwood said, but we're the city of warmth. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. <laughs> we're warmer than those they guys. They stole that from us. We're, we're you farther go south. To Wikipedia and you see like 25 cities all claim to be the queen city. See? Seriously. So Buffalo, Cincinnati, uh, Charlottesville, or Charlottesville, uh, 
There's just a lot, a lot of cities. I've always thought Cincinnati was the queen city. Springfield, Missouri claims to be a queen city. city. How is that possible? They're the the queen city of the Ozarks is what they specify. They've got a prison there. Uh, The city of Buffalo, often referred to as the queen city, it was one of the fastest growing cities in the U.S., and it was to signify its importance and prominence in the region. So maybe every region... Anchorage, like upstate, Alaska. Upstate New York. is the it's queen the city. Queen city. It's the, that's the queen city of the... Uh, upper Northwest. Yeah. The frontier. The far upper Northwest. All right, you guys both go on to the bonus round if either one of you can get this correct, okay? Marionville, Missouri. Marionville, Missouri. Yeah, what, what do you think there? Moniker is. I have no idea. I don't, I don't know. Home of the white squirrels. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, there's a town in Illinois. Andy. No, no, there's not. Andy from southernmost Illinois used to... Uh, Home of the white squirrels? Used to tell us about the town with the white squirrels. I'm forgetting. The text line will remember, 84126. And how can Kansas City call itself the jazz capital of the world? All right, I, I just saw that and was like, it can't be. It got, it's got to be New Orleans. Right. Yeah, or could be St. Louis. But it can't be Kansas City. New Orleans is also called the New Orleans. the Crescent, Crescent City. City. Yeah, that's right. Because of the shape of the river down there. Yeah. City uh, that most smells like pee-pee. Oh, my gosh. And it is so hot in the summer. <laughs> I'll tell you. We'll do back in the day. Guy on this date, January 19th. But I tell you, when I first got to New Orleans, it was hot and it smelled terrible. Oh, it's awful. But six hours later, I fell in love. Did you really? Well, I was half drunk. So, okay. You you get over it pretty quickly when you start drinking. Antarctica was discovered on this date in 1840. Fleetwood Mac reunited to perform at Bill Clinton's inauguration on this date in 1993. He used Don't Stop as his campaign song. I did not touch that group. I did not play those keyboards. And in 1955, Dwight D. Eisenhower allowed the first... Presidential News Conference, 1955. First. Our headlines for today, a Friday at Finn's School on Fridays. They hand out suckers. So today is Sucker Friday. The boss just left. I should ask him. You mean nobody sued the school yet? Yeah, obviously. Um, Payday as well. They hand out paydays? No, today is payday. That's good, too. But today is Friday, January 19th. Our headlines for today. Did you know that Usher was doing the Super Bowl? I believe it's Usher. Usher. He's doing the halftime show, but they just announced that prior to the game, Reba McIntyre, Post Malone, and Andre Day will be singing songs as well. Reba is going to do the national anthem. Post Malone will sing America the Beautiful. And Andre Day will sing Lift Every Voice and Sing. I didn't know that. Ursher said he is his preparation for the halftime show is on another level. And I hate to say this because I love Rihanna. Rihanna? R- yeah, Rihanna? From, from, was it last year or year before? Grabbing the old crotch? Was that two or years what was ago the... or was that last year? She was pregnant yeah. right. at the yeah. time. Didn't yep. tell anybody she's pregnant. I just didn't think it was a high energy show. No, uh, and, and she there was nothing she could do. She's pregnant. I was more irritated with the fact that the NFL is you know promoting you know uh, on the back of helmets love peace you know togetherness and all that kind of stuff, and then they have a whole bunch of people that 
whose lyrics defy all of those. Oh, you know. I did. Well, it's that's art. No, it's that's, not. That's art. No, it's disgusting. You argue. Yeah, I will argue. You ready? Yep. Argue with me. Go ahead. <laughs> Have you ever flown on an airplane and you look out the window? You're sitting maybe at the wing, and something just doesn't look right. Yeah, there was a, there's a gremlin out there. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, it's a Twilight Zone, yeah. right? <laughs> that was frightening, man. Yeah. That, you know, it's like, how's that on there? They're traveling at 500 miles an hour. That was Shatner. Yeah, that was see, William Shatner. Yeah, right? not yeah. the gremlin, but the guy in the yeah, seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, the movie version they did in, what, 1980? John Lithgow. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, all right, so there's a virgin, and there's a lot of stuff going on these days with, with flights and... Uh, you mean the hole that blew out yeah, of the side of that one that, airplane? And you got... Uh, the... I can't believe nobody got sucked out of that thing. Yeah. Well, what about the guy that just ran onto the tarmac and got sucked into oh the engine? Oh, my gosh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, there was, there's been a whole bunch of stuff. Virgin Atlantic, it was flying from Manchester, England to JFK, and they canceled it because a passenger, a passenger noticed an issue with the bolts on one of the wings. This happened on January 15th, and they saw that one of the, the uh, I guess this guy saw that the fasteners on the top of the wing were missing. How would you even I, know? I don't know. I don't know. But I'll tell you, ever since they had that crash uh, that uh, killed one of the, the Atlantic uh, Atlanta Falcons running back, uh, in Detroit, I always look to make sure the flaps and the slats are down. I, it's weird, but I'll always look out there to make sure that, you know, because that's how there was no lift on the aircraft. Oh, okay. And it cre- the camber of the wing has changed, and so it creates lift when you put the flaps and slats down. So that's a weird thing that I always I look back there, and I often think, would I ever say anything if I didn't see him come down? This guy had to alert somebody, right? He had to hit the call button. And I tell you what, if I was sitting behind him, I'd say, honey, this Dude, guy's crazy. Right, I know, exactly. you think people would do that. But he could have just saved all of our lives. He could have saved, well, according to Virgin Atlantic and Airbus, who, mm-hmm. you know, they were flying on an Airbus, uh, no impact to the safety of the aircraft. Uh, it was oh, just, they'd never tell us. Kind of, <laughs> they would never tell it was, us. It, it used to improve aerodynamic performance and so on and so forth. But still, a guy has to go, hey, hang, hang on a second. There's some bolts that are not in there. <laughs> hang on. Isn't there supposed to be a whole wing out there? Yeah. Where's the wing? Give him some plastic wings and a hat. Yeah. You know, he, yeah. need, he needs something. Some apple juice. <laughs> and some apple juice. Survey says that, survey says, 80% of U.S. companies plan to track office attendance in 2024. Oh, Lord. Nine out of ten firms are offering incentives for employees to work at the office, and many find that employers say that their employees will suffer consequences if they don't come back. I don't understand how, how you're left giving people a choice. It's either come back to the office. Or you're gone. Or you're fired. Right. It's that's like, it. Oh, we're having a hard time getting people to come back. I just say, if you don't come in to work tomorrow. You remember what Reagan did with the air traffic controllers? Uh, right he fired. Wrong. Yeah, yeah, he but, fired them. Back in the 80s. Yeah, he said, if you don't show up, you're you're done. You're fired. Uh, companies surveyed plan to use badge swipes to monitor attendance. Others expect to track attendance manually. So, you know, a guy, mid-level manager walking, Guy, Philip, Guy, Phillips, here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wi-Fi, they're going to track the employees using that way. Occupancy sensors. Oh, please. Can you imagine you sit in your chair and it dings in someone's office? Uh. 
or sensors placed under an employee's desk. Can I tell you something? That's insane. Then, then it becomes, okay, how do we skin this cat? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to put a 120-pound you know, weight on my chair, <laughs> and I'm going to you know, put another a box of wine that Mike Ward brought by to me oh, on, on the floor. I'll bring the teacher up again from yesterday. She said students, when they were learning from Zoom, had discovered ways to record themselves moving slightly so that it looked like they were attending their classes. Unreal. When they were probably playing Xbox. Uh, I will say this. In 2023, this past year, remote workers received promotions 31% less frequently than their in-office counterparts. And managers said, heck yeah, we were more likely to give someone a promotion if we actually saw them at work in the building. I know some people that don't go to work and still work, and it's... I don't like it. It's just, I think it's you got to go in every once in a while, maybe a couple times a week, just to remind everybody. Mm-hmm. Get in the office. Let me tell you something. More happens when you're with people. I mean, they're, 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 it just it does. These Zoom meetings and all that kind of stuff, forget about that. You know, you got to be with people to collaborate. You have to be around people. There's a camaraderie. I don't. I I truly don't think it's necessary five days a week. I but do. I think you got to go it's, in. I I think you should be there five days a week, thirty-one hours a day. This is my <laughs> my feeling. <laughs> I'd be a great like boss. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a dark day for sports journalism, ladies and gentlemen. Sports Illustrated is firing everybody, mm-hmm. their entire staff. On Friday, they were given a. A note that said some employees will be terminated immediately and paid in lieu of their applicable notice period under the union contract. Employees with the last working day of today will be contacted by the people of the team soon. Other employees will be expected to work through the end of the notice period and receive additional information shortly. Uh, apparently, the owners of Sports Illustrated missed a $2.8 million payment, which breached the company's licensing deal like three weeks ago. They were owned by Time magazine, weren't they? And then they sold. I'm sure that some big Condé Nast type thing bought them. Anyway, um, the first thing that came to my mind was the swimsuit edition. (laughs) So what are they going to do? I don't know. I don't know. They, uh, you know, and they should have known bad things were going to happen because they've always been on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Does anybody get that? That was maybe a bad line. The Sports Illustrated. The Jinx. Cover curse. Yeah, the cover. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, yeah. And they've always been on the cover of their own magazine. Well, the Jinx. So that's a good joke. It was a good joke. I didn't work it out right. When it was explained. It was an urban legend deal. Uh, Those are our headlines. January 19th. Can you believe we're already more than halfway through January? No. Tug me. Yeah. And uh, those are our headlines. Coming up next, Mike Ward is in the building. Ward on why. Your guide on the journey to wine appreciation, enjoyment, and knowledge. This is Ward on Wine with Mike Ward. Brought to you by Deerbergs on the Heidi Glaus Show. And I know Heidi is probably kicking herself and saying, you know what? If I could be back for one segment from my beautiful vacation to Cancun, Mexico, it would be for the Ward on Wine segment. But... We have to press on without her. Mike Ward yes. is here, Ward on Wine, and we're going to be talking about more low-calorie, low-alcohol, low-sugar, high-flavor wine that you can buy and everything that you hear here 
you can buy at Bob's Barn at Deerberg's right. this weekend. So uh, full disclosure, if you hear something and you say, I want to try that, you can go up to Deerberg's uh, right now and buy it at the Bob's Barn section. Mike, thanks for coming yeah. in today. Thanks. Great to be here. And uh love talking about these three options because the brands are very, very familiar with people. And it gives them the option to have... A glass of wine with a little less sugar, less calories, and a little less alcohol. And the the brands we're talking about, Kim Crawford, Miomi, and Simi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting because off the air we were talking about fewer calories. There's all kinds of ads for beer. Fewer calories. People yeah. want to drink, uh, I guess, something with taste but doesn't consume as much you know, caloric intake. And I've never heard about that with wine. Uh, I don't know if this is a trend or, you know, how do, how do they uh, come well, up with fewer calories? Well, the, the I think the problem was years ago as the beer uh, producer started to come out with less calories and that identified. Great taste, you, less filling. Yeah. yeah. Wine, really hard to make that way. And people tried. I remember, you know, 10 or 15 years ago when some wines came out and, you know, the quality or it, quality was okay. The, the taste didn't really reflect the same as it would in a regular wine. All right, well, hold and, that thought. How many calories are in a typical glass of wine? Well, about 120. Okay. A dry wine. Okay. Okay, so a sweet wine, maybe 500 calories. Oh, so, wait yeah. a minute. Wow. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. What are we talking? Are we talking like a like a glass of port? Well, or? a port or, or even a Moscato d'Asti, maybe maybe 400 calories or so. Yeah, so you like have a, to think like about that. Like a Riesling that. is pretty sweet. Would that have a lot calories. more calories? Oh, sure, in it? sure. Like if you can Snickers taste bar. the sugar, <laughs> it's worse than a Snickers. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't want to scare people from drinking the wine they like. Yeah, but right. Yeah. Sure. But think about it, you know, and adjust a little bit. But winemaking technology, and in this case, these three wines with great winemakers like the uh, the Kim Crawford Illuminate and how they spin it in a in a basically a filtration listen, system. Listen, listen to this guy. Spinning cone technology. Um, low vacuum, uh, the alcohol is reduced to below 1% of approximately six, 60% of the final volume. This is like a science project. Well, and the whole issue previously has been, okay, we want to take some alcohol out, right? Winemaking would take some out. Well, oh, okay, our other stuff's coming out with it. We're, we're taking flavors out of uh, wine. Sure. The actual aroma and flavor, the stuff that we like in wine, that's a very, very small amount of what's in that bottle. It's very delicate, so you can't you can't pick and choose. They've learned how to remove alcohol, and then they've learned how to actually capture Infuse those flavors and back. put it back in. Yeah, you know and that it's natural, not adding anything. Sure. Right. Yeah. You know that large hedron collider that like yes. things that they're using to find <laughs> right. out how the universe was born. It takes up like three football fields. They're using it now for wine. Yeah, that's what I feel like they're <laughs> it's doing. A wine making here. facility. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's like a centrifuge, and they yeah. they mm-hmm. spin off the components, and and then they they. Not infuse to, them, but they're the same. Pull some stuff back in. So, and, what are we talking about now with, say, a Kim Crawford uh, Sauvignon Blanc? Is that what that? The, yeah, the that's Sauvignon what it is. Blanc. Um, mm-hmm. What would a glass of wine calorically be? Well, in this case, about half the calories. Really, it's about eighty. That's remarkable. Yeah. Now you can also get the same Kim Crawford. With the same amount of alcohol, and and people shouldn't be nervous about that. I you mean, should do a taste test, do a side by side comparison. And I think if we, we should did, do it right now, we should. Do it. <laughs> Let's do it. But I think people would notice the difference. But I think they would say, okay, well, 
they illuminate, taste really good, and I'm going to go ahead and go for it because I get less alcohol. And that's going to be my Tuesday, Wednesday night glass. If I want to have a glass of wine, i got to right. work the next day, and I'll drink the other one on the weekends. That's on my interesting. Cheat, yeah, on my cheat day, I'll drink my, my regular. Yeah, right. But What about cost? Uh, it, it would seem to me that these would cost more because the process. They don't. They cost the same. They do. Because, and the reason is because the grapes that they use for the Chardonnay, the Simi Chardonnay, the Mayomi Pinot Noir, the grapes are grown the same. They're the same, same grapes. grapes. They're just treated a little bit different at the winery. And in some cases, picked a little bit early so that the actual grape out in the vineyard doesn't have as much sugar as some of the other grapes. Because sugar know, makes alcohol. I imagine when you say the grapes are treated differently, I imagine the guy in the Cheez-It commercial oh, talking yeah. to the little Cheez-Its. The little Cheez-Its you know, we're ready to go. You've got enough flavor. You know, um, it, That's exactly what yeah. <laughs> That's right. Each grape is right. given a so marching that's order. That's how amazing grapes are. <laughs> When uh, I think of of alcohol and the industry and and what's been coming out, and I think of low calorie stuff, yeah, we we think of Bud Light, Miller Light commercials from back in the day. Um, but more recently, I think of uh, that woman from The Real Housewives who came out with her whole brand of of skinny cocktails. Uh-huh. Yeah, and you know you see. Anheuser-Busch tripping over themselves to come up with a new, you know, let's, we need to come up with something that's light that men will actually drink, and that's where Bud Select comes from. So this is a space that's not new, but when it comes to wine, it feels like it's new. Well, yes, that's true. And what we're going to see in the next five to ten years are more options of lower alcohol wine and, and spirits and people going to bars, having a drink, and for their second drink, Maybe they're going to have a mocktail, you know, a, a, a the spirit, yeah, a sure. drink very similar with no alcohol, and that way they can adjust things accordingly. And you can have the same opportunity with wine. Maybe you want to have a, a glass of Mayomi, and then you can well, – I'd like another glass. Then you can have the one with less alcohol. Mm-hmm. So you, it's giving people options. And so you've got – when it comes to options, though, you've got white. You've got a, a Chardonnay. Chardonnay. You've got me. the Simi – Brightful Chardonnay, only 80 calories. You've got a red, the Mayomi mm-hmm. Pinot Noir. Bright. And that, and that bright, Mayomi Bright, mm-hmm. and that's 90 calories. And then you've got the Kim Crawford Rosé. Right. And now you've, you've covered, you know, all three bases. You have everything covered. You know, the the the, the wines that they haven't really mass-produced, Cabernet Sauvignon. Now, there are some that uh, that are... A little bit less alcohol that you know that people are working with low calorie. That's a grape that's a little bit harder to work with. So they're kind of starting out with the grapes that give you a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit more leverage to work with. Ward on wine, Mike Ward, our guest here on the Heidi Show. I'm Guy Josh Connor in here helping you out through your Friday afternoon. Wine. This used to be one of my favorite songs. I think I was in high school when this thing came out. What Spill is that he wine. saying? Eric Burton. There? What? Yeah, he's just like talking in the back. I was going, going yeah, down I know. the street. I was, was talking to somebody. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they spilled like, This is what I said. I, <laughs> I know. Drink that wine. Uh, um, all right. Mike Ward is with us. Uh, Ward on wine. And uh, we're talking about low calorie wines. We're going to give you the names of them again couple of things in line. First of all, I took Mike's suggestion. This is on the uh, Woods Basement S- uh, Systems text line, 84126. 
Uh, I took Mike's suggestion and bought a bottle of cupcake lighthearted Pinot Noir wine at Deerberg's. It was excellent with less calories. I think it would be with fewer Thank calories, you. right? Right. Thank you. Thank so you. Much. Yeah. yeah. So that's uh, that's one. And then somebody wow, else. Said, someone's listening. Yeah. That's <laughs> somebody's <laughs> listening. <laughs> Please mention again how long an opened bottle of inexpensive red wine lasts on the counter. And I would add to that. Does an expensive bottle of wine last longer? It doesn't make sense to well, me. Well, unfortunately, wine is wine, and it's going to oxidize after a couple of days. You know, two days, you're, you're, you're okay. So even if and I take the cork off, pour a glass, and then jam the cork back on as quick as I can. Air's already, already got the it. wine. What about that spray stuff that you spray in there and it kind It'll of... help. Gas. It, it was, does help. Right, it's a heavy gas. The or, nitrogen neutralizes yes. the air. It will help. It yes. will, Okay. But you're still going to have to have a plan for, it might give you an extra day or two. What about uh, if you wanted to use it to cook with, how long could you? An old wine that's oxidized, I don't recommend cooking with that. You know, a, a couple days you're fine. You can drink If it tastes a little off. Not even Mike, 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 Angel of Death mushrooms? With, <laughs> I, <laughs> Mike's we, consistent on this. He says yeah. if wine is bad. It's bad. Don't use it in cook. They don't say, get your... Worst bottle of wine and pour it into the mushrooms. You go to Deerberg's and you go to the seafood counter, you buy a nice piece of seafood or meat, and you get your recipe yeah, calls right. for wine. You're right. You don't spend ruin money. It. Don't. Yeah. No, don't. Uh, okay. So how long? We didn't say how long, but how long well, red wine on the counter? It days. is a little bit different. White wine can probably last a little bit longer. Put it in the refrigerator, mm-hmm. even the reds. Sure. Go put ahead. the put red in the, in the refrigerator. Yeah, put it in the red in the refrigerator. And, and you know, two or three days later, take it out, smell it. You know, what does it smell like? Does it smell yeah. okay? You can tell. Does it, it smell doesn't... like vinegar? Well, vinegar is a different subject that takes a little bit longer, but it will just have an off aroma, and it takes away all those that fresh fruit. The bouquet. Yeah, it doesn't smell right. And if it doesn't smell right, you certainly, you know, you, you need to open a different bottle. So I am cheap. And anyone who's ever listened to this show or heard what Darren Woodford from HWK says about me, they'll know that I'm I'm cheap. So I'll drink a week old bottle of wine, hmm. and you know I drank I half. Bring you more. I well, I know. <laughs> I drank half of it, and then you know what? Uh, I'm not going to open another bottle. I'll just drink this old wine. <laughs> and by the end of it, guy, I'm like, why did I do that? Yeah. I, Mike brings me yeah. enough wine every week. I should have just opened another bottle. I just wasted the calories, the you know, the time shared with, friends, and I wasted it on bad wine. So yeah. I should. I every time I do that, I say, "Why am I doing this to and myself?" People who make wine and grow grapes and put that love into it, they don't want you to drink their wine. And if it's something's wrong with it, you know, you ever heard a corked bottle of wine? You know, where the cork has it has disintegrated. A, well, oh, where, yeah. where the cork is puts, in the no, where the the cork inside will have something called TCA. Oh yeah. And then it smells like a uh, you know wet basement or right. wet cardboard, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you know people probably who don't know it's oh, I don't like this wine, but really it's not the wine's fault, the grapes, the winemaker's fault. The wine is faulty, and you shouldn't drink it. And then nothing you can do to it is going to make it come back. I was working at J Box years ago when they were still open, and when you had a real job, when I had, yeah, when I had a real job, and. I brought a bottle of very expensive. It might have been Opus One, Mike, and wow. and it's a very hundred dollar bottle of wine, and they sent it back. More today, and yeah, yeah. guy just bought one for yeah. his his buddy yeah. as a thank you for taking him on that golf trip. Gave it to his kid, and he never got it. 
It was about a hundred, probably a hundred. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> it was about a hundred and twenty bucks, yeah. and they sent it back, and we brought them out a new one. So you know, when they sent it back, did somebody open it, smell it? Yes, and was it? Yes, cork? and they said, "Well, I think there's cork rot in this, or something. Yeah, some excuse." Is there any recourse if you're at home and you open a bottle and you say, you know, this clearly tastes off? You know, can you take it back? Sometimes. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you know, I would like to say. Because what causes that? I mean, it's no well, no fault of the seller, no fault of the winery. And in some cases, TCA can be introduced to a winery through cleaning products. So a lot of mm. wineries just use hot water and that's it. You know, really hot water, yeah, sure. lots of scrubbing. And you know, you, uh, there was a story about a Napa Valley winery that used cleaning products, and they infected all their barrels, their oh, winemaking no. facility, and it's that wet cardboard stuff, and it ruined all their wine. So that's when people learned, oh, we can't do that. Now, if that happens to you at home, you know, uh, sometimes there are situations where you may be able to bring it back. Don't dump it down the drain and expect to. You know, I think a lot of places. You know, I can't, I don't want to speak for Deerberg's and their return policy. That's not what, what I would want to do. But, you know, you can try that. A lot of times, you know, you you can't do it. I know in a restaurant, a lot of restaurants would take that back and get the distributor involved. But uh, it's very rare. I mean, I used to find cork wines all the time, and I'd save them for my students. This is what a smart cork's wine smells like. Uh, but I haven't found one in a long time. Yeah, I think the manager on duty. Come to our house. Ended up taking it home with them. Let me tell you something interesting about TCA. It's the equivalent of an eyedropper of liquid in a thousand gallon tank, and you can smell that eyedropper worth of liquid. That's mm. how strong TCA is. Really? Yeah. That's terrible, and that'll that'll ruin your experience. Right. And somebody on the text line says, "Josh, I do the same thing. Why did I waste calories on these terrible chips when I could have just had the real thing? You know? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. right. for a little bit more." Just go and have the real thing and enjoy yourself. Well, you notice that the Simi, the Mayomi, the Kim Crawford screw caps, and that's why I like, you know, airtight screw caps are the best invention for wine to keep it fresh. And you don't have to worry about corked wine and it's going to be fresh for you unless you open it and don't drink it in four days. But you can't do cool art unless you have the cork. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's, yeah. You're, Guy's there making a, a coffee payback. table yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about these wines again and where you can find them, obviously, at, at Bob's Barn and every Deerberg's in town. Uh, but the the Simi Brightful Chardonnay, 80 calories per serving. Mayomi Bright Pinot Noir, 90 calories per serving. And then you get the Kim Crawford Illuminate Rosé. And that's the one that uses the spinning vacuum right. uh, centrifuge. And these they are do for crazy things in yeah. New Zealand with yeah it's and great the, and by the way guy jumping Kim Crawford is a man baby yeah do you think I don't know that yeah guy's best friend was Kim Tucci oh also yeah. yeah 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 I've got my just, wife is Kim so you know <laughs> oh that gets weird I'm not sure <laughs> Kim, I haven't checked Kim Crawford uh, New Zealand Sauvignon Blancs will soon be 2023 the 2023 vintage is coming out they're already in the market so. Uh, and you can find all these at Bob's Barn. So if you are on a semi-dry January and you want something that maybe has a little less alcohol in it, or you're on a diet like I am with my wife and we probably need something uh, that has a little bit less calories in it, this is your 
entree into that world, and they're starting to do it with wines, and they're doing a pretty good job at it. I would say if you're having a Dogtown pizza, the Mayomi uh, Pinot Noir, and you you know you're not just overloading, you kind of have a yeah. there you, you go. Know, you yeah, have a balance. Yeah, I'll say, nice honey, balance. we're having the seventy calorie <laughs> wine, so we can have the hot chicken Dogtown pizza. Uh, you can also find Dogtown pizza at Deerberg's. You can find a lot of things at Deerberg's. I go to the one. Off Zumbel. That's my Deerberg's guy. What Deerberg's do you shop at? Uh, Kirkwood. The Kirkwood, Kirkwood on Manchester, yeah. And I always, when I get a pizza, I will always smell the cardboard to make sure it's not <laughs> board, what, what we call boarded. Board rot. The yeah. new Crestwood location is incredible. It is. It's, it's oh, amazing. Really? Yeah. It, where oh, the Crestwood great. Plaza used to be. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, Beautiful. It's, yeah. Oh, and those yeah. people in those McBride homes, they yeah. can walk there. Yeah. Um, and Mike, what, what Deerberg's is yours? We go to the Lafayette. Lafayette. I'm Manchester, yeah, okay. and I, I love it, yeah. And you can find your local Deerbergs. They will have these wines in it at every Bob's Barn section in the Deerbergs. Uh, you go in, you find it, or ask somebody, say, you know, I was listening to the Heidi Show, and Mike said, see me, uh, Kim Crawford, and the Mayomi Bright, only 90 calories. Where do I find them? They'll point you in the right direction. That's that's the Deerberg's way. And, and if you see me at the Lafayette Deerberg's, I'll help you find the wine. Oh, wow. And he'll take the cap off there and pour you a glass, too, maybe. Well, make sure you like it. So that's Ward on Wine. Mike, we'll see you next week. Thanks. Actually, I thought, let's get Jason Nathanson on the show from ABC News to tell us about the new movie, ISS, the International Space Station movie, and we can talk about that as well. But boom, right before we got on the air, charges for Alec Baldwin. What's the latest? Yeah, these are the charges that were dismissed against him last year, in April of last year. He's being recharged with involuntary manslaughter. In the case of the movie set shooting on the set of the movie Rust from 2021 in Santa Fe, New Mexico, that happened in October, uh, a little over three years ago at this point, or two uh, two years ago, two years and a couple months. <laughs> um, and so, and and it's just you know it, it's it's hard to remember when exactly it was and how long ago it was because it has been a long time. And last year, on this day, actually last year. He was. It was announced that he was going to face involuntary manslaughter charges. Then in April, there were new prosecutors on the case, and they dropped those charges because the trial was starting, and they didn't feel that they could make their case against him. They had some more evidence that they wanted to go over, some forensic stuff that they wanted to do. They didn't feel they had time, so they figured the best thing that they could do at that time was just drop the charges with the thought that they could bring the charges back once they went over this evidence and stuff. So they have done that. They've signaled in the past couple of months that they've gone over the evidence. When it came to the gun and the firing of the gun, that was one of the things that was at the center of this. Baldwin has said, as long as that he never actually fired the gun that was in his hand, that it went off. Um, they've done some forensic testing, and it's assumed that they are saying that the gun, that he did fire the gun. So they decided to go to the grand jury with their new evidence, and today he was indicted uh, and will face one count of involuntary manslaughter split up into two different theories. Uh, so it can either be that he is responsible for involuntary manslaughter because he had the gun in his hand and he pointed the gun at her and shot it um, and she died, or because 
he was res- partly responsible for the set being so unsafe that mm-hmm. led to her death. It's going to be one or the other. As the producer of the movie, you know, Correct. the buck stops here. Um, so I know you're not Royal Oaks from ABC, the the legal expert, but they dismissed these charges. Was Alec Baldwin knowingly waiting just to see one day if they'll bring him back up again? Yeah, and his attorneys were ready for this because, like I said, they had been signaling for the past couple months that the charges are probably kind of going to come back. So when they were dismissed in April, it was thought, okay, he's kind of off the hook, but they made it very clear that they could bring these charges back, and that would be a possibility. Uh, and then over the next couple of months, more forensic testing was done. They didn't they didn't give up the case. Uh, they didn't just let it slide. So his lawyers, they, they know the signals, and they've been preparing for months now that this could be a possibility. Um, and they put out a very short statement today saying, we look forward to our day in court. So they, they know... They've known this was probably going to be the outcome and this was probably coming and they've been prepared for it. Jason, if I were on the jury and I, I, I don't know because I don't have all the facts and it's interesting when you see these trials, you, oh, I did not know that. And I, they talk to jurors generally after these big trials and say, hey, if you knew this, would you have changed your mind? And, you know, O.J. Simpson was a was a prime case in that if people might have changed their mind on the jury if they'd known all the things they couldn't bring up. But involuntary manslaughter really is uh, obviously unlawful, an unlawful killing, but it, it's unintentional. So can't this just be considered a horrible accident uh, with, with, yes, terrible of uh, circumstances, and it was just a, you know, a lack of preparation by certain people fine everyone, uh, you know, including Alec Baldwin to the hills and just let it go. Nobody's expecting him to go to jail, are they? Well, there would be a possibility of prison time along with this charge. Now, the some of the legal experts that we've talked to have said that they don't expect him to actually be behind bars for any of this. This is a like a fourth degree offense. Um, and that would carry with it. There's a I think a man mandatory or there, there's a there's a, um, a maximum of up to a year in prison. Plus, there could be an enhanced gun charge. But most likely, it wouldn't be any. He wouldn't face any time behind bars. But I mean, what you're saying is th- those are the two sides of this case, right? Everybody's looking at this as obviously a tragic accident. Nobody intended for Helena Hutchins, the cinematographer, to die. Nobody wanted her or anybody on that set to die. But when you have a set that has been, from what we've heard. It, from reports and from the the evidence and stuff, so chaotic and so dangerous, does anybody bear responsibility for what happened? And if they had done the things that they were supposed to do, would she still be alive today? So that's where some, a charge like involuntary manslaughter comes in, and some would say that, well, yes, you have to help, hold people responsible, A, for her death, but also to protect future sets or any kind of workplaces like this. So everybody knows that if you do something and you are negligent, you are criminally negligent in any workplace, that uh, there will be consequences for that negligence. Jason, we only have 30 seconds, but did you go back or did anyone ever go back and see uh, when um, Bruce Lee's son died, Brandon? on the set of The Crow. Did anyone ever get charged in that? Because this is almost the exact same thing. I honestly do not know 
yeah. if, if anybody was actually charged in that or not. All yeah. right, very good. Jason, thank you. Jason Nathanson, ABC News. We didn't even and, have time to do ISS. Yeah, we, we'll get to that next week. When it's uh, on, uh, we can get it at home. Yeah, I can start streaming it, maybe. <laughs> All right, uh, Jason, we'll talk again soon. Okay, take care. Have a good weekend. All right, it's the Heidi Show. Uh, I'm Guy. I'll be in Monday and Tuesday. Heidi's vacationing now, along with Josh and Connor on the Big 550. And now it's time for the Top 5 at 5 news from around the room. Age before beauty, Guy. Oh, that's what you all say. Uh, Pretty interesting stuff going on with uh, 9-11. They have... uh, discovered the remains of you know and again if you had anyone in that tragedy die you'd want to know that they had found at least something of your loved one and the remains of a dad and and they call him a new dad because he had only a uh, 17 18 month old kid at home uh, a dad that was killed in the world trade center on 9-11 they uh, identified them not two two decades later there is some groundbreaking dna technology i'm telling you this is so cool and the fact is that this will be uh technology that will help solve crimes in the future um the guy is john ballantyne niven he was 44 years old he lived in long island he was on the 105th floor of the south tower when uh, when the planes hit and uh, they positively identified his remains using breakthrough DNA sequencing technology with mitochondrial DNA analysis and other procedures that they have certainly refined in the last 20 years. Um, at any rate, it, it, this DNA allows for specific fragments of DNA to be plucked from uh, a larger deteriorated sample and, and analyze it. By the way, the same stuff they used to connect the Gilgo Beach murder guy. Uh, oh, Rex that guy. Yeah, with some of the hair that they found on on the victim's bodies. They so. just charged him with another. A, four, a fourth, yeah. yeah. And there there are more, but he's only been charged with, with four of them. So well, When they said that, that, you know, we found all these bodies out in Gilgo Beach, but we're only going to charge him with three of them. Yeah. It's like, well, who do you think put the other four there? You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess they have to have a, a direct yeah. link, but I, sure. I, I'm excited about the day they put that guy to sleep. That, and you know what? Maybe we get somebody on next week. We talk about serial killers all the time. Mm-hmm. It's very morbid and uh, kind of sick. You know, guy, you're sick in the head. But we're all kind of fascinated with that stuff. And we had somebody on uh, a couple months ago, the daughter of the BTK killer. And just to see what's it like being the daughter of this guy. And her conversation with us was it was, it was fascinating. Um, oh. And, uh, you know, the last to know, and, of course, oh probably gosh. grieving as as deeply for two reasons, for the families that her father I'm so sorry. affected and yeah. for her own life. Yeah. And she said, I felt bad for my mom. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, who was with this monster for all these years, and we had no idea. Um, Connor, who did, who did the girls have on the other day that just wrote a book? Uh, and they based it off of of the BTK killer's daughter. Oh, she did mention it. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'll have to look back and see who, what her name was. Yeah. But she writes thrillers, and she said she took some. I don't know if I want to say inspiration, but she, you know, she does pay attention to real life events. Yeah, Jennifer and Wendy just had this author on, and she said that the BTK killer's daughter 
was uh, a big inspiration for a, a recent novel of hers. And if anybody has a chance to go back and listen to that interview that we did with her, we, you know, cleared the schedule and gave her as much time, and we still didn't even scratch the surface of, of that conversation. So, um, yeah, moving on, uh, barcodes. I think we – have you ever worked – Guy, have you ever had any other job besides radio? Well, yeah, you know, before I was in radio, I I worked at a convenience store. I was a pretty darn good cashier. Really? I have to say, yeah. Yeah, I stocked shelves at the Jewel Tea Company, uh, worked on the dock at uh, a place called Turnstile, which is a lot like, remember, uh, what was it, Venture that was here? Oh, yeah. A lot like that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Connor, did you ever work in retail? Uh, yeah. Yeah, of course. What did you do? Uh, I was never really at the cashier. Well, I fill in, but that was not really my okay. job. Hauling stuff around. Yeah. I was stuff out. Stock boy. Yeah. Handyman hardware. Yeah, we all did the stock thing. And, yeah. you know, we're we're kind of co- familiar with the barcode uh, just because of the line of work that we were in once upon a time. But I think everybody these days is pretty familiar and comfortable with the barcode because every store we go into, they herd us like cattle into the self-checkout line. Yep. You know? Yep. And so now you're like looking around the box to try to where where the heck is this? It's thing? always where you're not looking. Exactly. You know, if a box has what, <laughs> six sides on <laughs> right, it? Right, it'll be on the fifth. Eight sides on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh the barcode. But where did it come from? A new Stony Book University professor is writing a book on the cultural history of the barcode. Oh, that ought to be a bestseller. Sounds like a real snooze fest. But the more I read about this story, (laughs) I became more fascinated with it. Six billion barcodes are scanned every single day. Day. Everything has a barcode on it. And the history behind this thing is uh, it actually was born out of the grocer's union. And they said, we need to come up with a way to quickly scan for inventory purposes, for checkout purposes. And they said it'll only work if everyone agrees on the same barcode. Well, they had a meeting in the early 70s, and they had narrowed it down to seven different barcodes. And the leading one at the meeting was coming from RCA, and it looks like a bullseye. Do you see it there? Yeah, I see it. Yeah, that's It looks like a bullseye. Funky. Oh, sure. Real funky. Uh, some company named uh, Caragon, I think, had a sunburst-looking version of it. This company called Litton had it look like a, a rainbow or a half-moon barcode. The one that we currently use today is developed by IBM, and that's the one that they eventually went with. But as they were narrowing everything down, they uh, there was high drama in the barcode meeting. But uh, <laughs> UPC code, we still use it to this day. When did you work at a convenience store ringing people out? Oh, my gosh. I mean, that was uh, 1968. The first so before bar- then, yes, right? Yes. The first barcode was scanned at a grocery store in Troy, Ohio. June 26, 1974. So what were you ringing people up with? They probably had little stickers. We, we, no, yeah. no. We had the, uh, it was a um, a stamp, and it had that blue ink, and like you'd stamp a can, it would say 49 cents. Oh, and I'd not go even the stickers. And I'd go 49, and hit oh, the. Oh, wow. manually ringing everything in? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. That's, 
That's why <laughs> these hands, these hands these were hands insured. Have, yeah, these hands have seen some things. They have seen, <laughs> and they've had purple ink on them, I can tell you that. Oh, my gosh. You know what I find fascinating? The QR codes, though. Yeah, and, those are all like yeah. barcodes now, too. Now, the, but, but the thing about the QR code that's different than the UPC, the UPC is usually hit by a cashier somewhere, and you know, or you do it yourself because it's read by the scanner. But the QR code... I remember the first time I saw one, and we were at a restaurant, and it said, the menu's on here on your phone. Well, how the hell do I get It doesn't tell you how to get there. Yeah. But, you t- you know, you just go to your camera, and you take a picture. Take- I hate those, by the way. And I don't restaurants mind Restaurants that still do that. I don't oh, mind. Hey, do you guys have any menus that I could look at? Oh, no, you got to scan the table. Let's, honey, let's go. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's something about having a menu, but the finer restaurants would do that. But the QR code is kind of cool. I just... It looks so bizarre to me. It's like, how do they, how are they all different? And you know, right? well, I, don't, I don't think they are right. Kind of like barcodes, right? They can't all be different. Can Six re- billion a day. Reuse? You like, you like link them to something else, right? I don't know. Maybe. And there's numbers on a barcode uh, down at the bottom, you know. Uh, but what are the bars for? We gotta get the author on, you know. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think it's just like what a snooze fest. Hey, let's book them. You know the scanner, the scanner. You know we can't. It's like binary, right? We can't can't read it, but the scanner knows what they mean. The scanner knows. We've been using it for fifty years now. It's so ubiquitous that you know we know what a barcode looks like. Can you imagine if it was this circle, bullseye shape? I kind of like the circle that RCA. But then when you have the handheld ones, it's like you're. Yeah, yeah even for quick draw. Yeah. No matter what it was, anything else other than the original is going to look weird. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Doesn't right? matter. Uh, All right. When we go to, I guess Sam's Club does this, and you check yourself out, you get it, You can pick the scanner up and boop, boop, boop. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like to be like, oh, honey, get out of the way. I got this. Boop, boop, boop. When Kim and I moved, we went to, unfortunately, it's now online only Bed Bath & Beyond. Apparently, it went beyond what it could. Yeah. Uh, but they gave that you a gun. And the great beyond. And you go around, and you don't, you don't oh, have a... Oh, you don't have registry. To, right. Yes. You, not even a registry. We, listen, we needed towels. We needed the bath thing. We need this, this. You, there's no cart. You don't have to take the cart. You just scan. And then when you go to check out, they print out all the stuff. You look at it, and you go, okay, I want this, 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 this. Boom. And then they charge you. That's it. And then they send it to you. Oh, they ma- the okay. Yeah, they, they send s- it to you. Right. I was going to say, and then they go, all right, all right, Richie, go get it. Go get it. Yeah, yeah and right. he runs through. It's like a game. <laughs> all right, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. Um, Are you skipping me again? No, yeah, I forgot. I, <laughs> you know, I keep thinking it's this back and forth thing, and it's not, and I apologize. It is. back uh, and forth yeah. between three people. It right. is. My bad. <laughs> go ahead, Connor. You uh, won't believe mine, by the way. All right, well. You know, I'll get through mine quick. Yeah, okay, no, go ahead. I can't uh, wait it's for too, this. It's too bad that Heidi's not here because she loves a good uh, story involving a snake. Oh, she hates snakes. So does my wife. A, I hate I hate spiders. Snakes really? don't care for them. But I like spiders, them. I like spiders. them all. Spiders, yeah. spiders. You do? Oh yeah, spiders kill the insects. Uh, I'll no, never kill a spider. Useful. They're so yeah. creepy. Yeah. Each leg moving independently of one another. Very cool. Yeah. A lot like crabs. Uh, all right. On an Air Asia flight to Thailand, uh, passengers were alarmed to discover that a large snake was slithering through the luggage compartment. Uh-huh. They don't uh, know like how it got in, there. 
In the cabin? In the cabin, a large snake had was slithering through its way while they were in the air. What variety? It was, uh, well, you know, I'm not a... Snakeologist. What do they call those? They call them Herp- something. Herp- yeah. Herpetologist Herpetologist. Or something. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, it's it's pretty long. It's not, I don't think it's... Oh, uh, there's video. There's some video of it. It's it's slithering it's up there. It's not yellow, is it? No, I don't, okay. I don't think it's like a dark green. Oh, uh, and in the video, you can go it and watch it. Down. It's kind of funny. Uh, the the flight attendants are desperately trying to usher it into a bag, a, a, a bag and a cup, because <laughs> uh, they, they don't have a lot of things. I don't think to combat the snakes. Well, on it's there. Air Asia and Thailand. Yes, I feel like that part of the world is is Has rampant, more snakes. rampant with snakes. You know what's you, so cool though? We're not just used. Went. I did. I was in Cambodia and Vietnam, yeah. and lots of different. Snakes and bugs and stuff you've never seen. But I took a picture of a couple of them, in fact. Some some spiders that looked really uh, like we've ominous. We've got houseflies here that we just kind of shoo away. And right. over there, they just have giant snakes. And they're like, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> there, it is funny how, uh, how Australia, by the way, I think has by far the most bizarre-looking insects in the world it's like an island that got separated at some point right. in the great divide and everything down there grew bigger and weirder yeah all the animals plat you know the platypus what the heck is that thing it's a web <laughs> mammal that lays eggs he's, and he's uh, fuzzy sure and he's got a big but thick even fur the, even the kangaroo what is this it, it was like well, he's got a pouch you know it's a muhammad ali knockoff oh you know, my god you ever see box you and, where they box people right yeah it's terrible uh, it's probably <laughs> absolutely terrible all but, right now um, tell me if this isn't crazy all right okay tell me if this is not crazy kansas city is playing this weekend in buffalo it's gonna be 12 degrees 12 degrees Jason and Travis. Jason and Travis. Kelsey. What? Kelsey. What? Travis Kelsey. Jason Kelsey. What? What? No. That's not how you say their name. It's not? Their name is not Kelsey. Oh, right. They say it's like Kels. It's Kels. Right, yeah. And they had their father on a podcast. This was last year, and this is just, I guess, recirculating. I didn't hear this. Their dad, Ed, was on a podcast, and they said to him, you know, wh- what? what's the deal with our name? He said he's to blame for the Kelsey pronunciation. They said, uh, wh- Jason asked him, why in the, quote, why in the world did you change your name out of nowhere? Like, How do they are have, we now, Kelsey? Do they have cousins? No. Well, I don't know. They go by Kels? He said, I never changed my name out of nowhere. He said, well, let's talk about it. Why did we think that our name was Kelsey for the first 24, 25 years of our life? 27 for Trav, Jason asked. He said, I got tired of correcting people. Yeah. And this admission that his name is actually Kels was news to all the team the team even Pat Mahomes Patrick Mahomes he had no idea don't call him Pat Mahomes that's his dad's name. I know that's right it's Patrick <laughs> his, Mahomes his Mahomes Mahomes yeah his I mom gets mad it's Kels Kels yeah it's like Joe uh, Thiesman Thiesman oh yeah well you know yeah. I changed it to yeah, Thiesman to get the Heisman, the Heisman. To win the Heisman. did yeah. he win the Heisman he did yeah. yeah and then he broke his leg 
Uh, well, that was a long time after that with Washington. Yeah, but I think this happens, a, this happens a lot with last names, though. You know, someone in along the line just decides that, uh, you know, instead of it being uh, Philippe, and now it's Philip. No, it's you don't know how to pronounce my. Let me. Okay, yeah. it's Guy. Marconi Award. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see it. For a radio. <laughs> where Marconi is it? Award. Where do you display yeah. yours? Oh, instead, I keep instead, it of, the... instead of Josh Gilbert, <laughs> his great-grandfather changed it to Gilbert when yeah, he came man. over. All right. So I wonder if the guys, this, you know, the broadcasters. No. They, they, you think? This, no, because they, they talked about this uh, before, right? And they all still call him Kelsey. All right. What about uh, when Travis and what's-her-face Hook up. Oh, she's going to. I don't know. I, yeah, heard, I, heard that, I heard that's on the rock. Is it cooling? I heard it's on I the heard rocks. they're shopping for homes together. No, 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 Diamond no, no, rings. I, I heard it's on the rocks. I heard it's going yeah, hot. Swimmingly. Yeah, yeah, it's gotta, hot. hot and heavy. Right. Uh, I'm not so sure. I hear yeah, that I, uh, Travis, my, my sources tell me it's cool, it's cooling off. Travis and Jason are both in on it. Yeah. yeah it's a uh, dual deal. Well, we joked on Tuesday, uh, what kind of hotel is Taylor going to find herself in in Buffalo this weekend? Uh, she's probably used to staying at the six-star hotels, seven-star hotels. We'll Red if, Roof Inn. If Buffalo's ready for her. Buy a hotel to stay in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> To find the richest guy, the mayor of Buffalo, make a move out of his house for the weekend. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this is a weird one. And when you see these online, you know, the Ask Ann Landers, the Dear Abbeys, you know, Dear Prudence, you don't really know if they're true or not. But I'm going to read this. This is from uh, an email to one of these these people. I had the strangest request. My son asked if one of his classmates in the fourth grade could spend the night this coming weekend. I said, sure, fourth grade. When was your first overnight? When did the kids start doing overnights? I told Heidi, I said, I'm going to be real creeped out when someone else's kid is in my house. I think uh, uh, fourth or fifth grade. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. That's about right. Um, just have the kid's mom call me, and I'll set it up. When she called... To say her son could stay on one condition, she said it's that I can come over and stay the night, too. The mom. She said she gets too nervous letting her son sleep away from the house that she would just feel more comfortable if she could come over and stay, What's this? Helicopter. Helicopter parent. Helicopter parent. She said if... If we weren't comfortable with that, then she could just pick her son up at 8 p.m. before bedtime. I have never heard of such a thing. I haven't either. I clearly don't want this woman that I don't know sleeping in our guest bedroom. (laughs) But my son really wants to have her son over, so I'm considering it. What do you think? I mean, guy, you've been around a lot longer than I have. Um, You know, and I think helicopter parents are becoming more prevalent. But were they around back in the day? You know? uh, I'm sure they were, but it wasn't a thing. You know, everything is enhanced because of the Internet. Yeah, everything. And, and no, everything is dumber. Sure. Everything has a name <laughs> now. We had to, you know, we have to helicopter parent. But, I mean, it's a good name. That is a good name. Uh, I would, I'd have a hard time saying, no, you you can't stay at our house. <laughs> because that would mean that the kid couldn't. The kid can't. Yeah. So I would say, tell you what, why don't we meet in the middle and we'll just have uh, our son stay at your place. At your house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just, I you know, it's otherwise go play in traffic. My my wife is kind of helicoptery, and well, I know it's, your first it's, kid it's our ever. first kid. Yeah, and I always say, look, we're new parents. Finn's three. Yeah, well, I haven't raised a three year old yet. 
And when he's four, I'll say I'm a new parent because I've never raised a four-year-old. Yeah. So I don't know how it goes, and, and I know that she is probably the last thing on her mind is letting him. She doesn't even like to leave town. You can have another kid? I don't know. I mean. Only only children. You know, they tend out to be uh, completely to be cereal, normal. Cereal. Cereal, cereal normals. <laughs> but I, can, you know, I can't see my wife making this request, but I could see her having reservations about staying in someone else's house, you know? Oh, I, my gosh. I would never allow that to happen in my yeah. place. Would you, when your kid said, can I go spend the night at so-and-so's house, were you like, great? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No. Ask yeah, if you, you can get, stay you, a week. You get a night off from the, the kids. That's yeah. it. Gosh. Yeah. You know, it's, it, the kids love it. They usually have fun. You know, the parents, they, they, you know, the kids go to school together. There's nobody, nothing to worry about. You're close enough. I mean, I've done the thing where my son would call me at 1030 at night. I want to come home. Yeah. Okay. You know, I'll yeah, come pick you up. And then, you I, know, then I would pick up the mother. <laughs> well, t- t- tell Mrs. Take her back to the house. Mrs. Andrews to get her bag ready because <laughs> I'm coming for both of you. Um, But have you heard this? When people want to go over to somebody's house, they call the parents up. And I'm sure that you probably would know the parents or say, yeah, just have her mom, you know, call call us and we'll talk. Uh, Before kids get to go over to people's house, the parents call and they say, hey, is there a a gun in the house? Or, you know, do you guys smoke? Or do you, wasn't even a thing back then. Wouldn't have even, even today, I wouldn't have thought about that. Yeah. Now, you know, I'm a non-smoker and I appreciate people not smoking around my family members but if they smoke in their house that's you know i mean yeah maybe that's something that they have to should reveal to you hey listen i you know uh, you know finn is welcome to spend the night but we do smoke we let billy smoke when it turns out it's hashish (laughs) and you know then everybody gathers around and we would let finn smoke too All right, 536 on the Big 550. This is Guy Phillips and Josh Gilbert. Somebody on the text line said, Josh, what was the name of that hand scrub that I that you mentioned? I bought earlier. it at the car show. Yes. Who buys hand scrub at a car show? Mountain <laughs> Me. Mountain Man Scrub, scrub with a K. With a K. Yeah. Mountain Man Scrub. You know, yeah. when you when you put a different letter in to a word, it always makes it more appealing, doesn't it? Okay, instead of C. I went to one time, I'm going to tell you something. I went to Lexington, Kentucky, and there was a breakfast place called Country Kitchen. And they substituted uh, a K for the C Mm -hmm. and a U for the O. Oh, yeah. And it looked terrible. (laughs) I took a picture of it, and I could. I I was laughing so hard, and my little girls were going, Dad, what's so funny? And how do you explain that? I mean, who sat at a a table and said, I got an idea, honey. We're going to open up a kitchen, and we're going to call it Country Kitchen. But here's how we're going to spell it. Yeah. I don't know. All right, let's uh, let's do Ben Fred. Well, Ben spent a lot of time in... in, uh, Tennessee, yeah, that was was that one of your first jobs out of college, Ben? Third, I think. Third job. So starting to run together. Good God, guy, guy! If you're back in Lexington, Charlie Brown's Bar and Grill—that's the place to go in Lexington. Okay, I don't know about Country <laughs> Kitchen. Charlie Brown's spelled the normal way. Go get a burger, and, and you'll be glad you did. I, I appreciate the uh, the tip. 
But have you ever been to the horse museum there? <laughs> not no, okay. To, uh, That's all I'm saying. Many lopsided, uh, many lopsided basketball games <laughs> in Kentucky's favor. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, not to the horse museum. All right, we'll try yeah, that. You next should time have you gone go. to the horse museum rather than going to the game. We can talk Mizzou here in just a minute, <laughs> but I want to start by congratulating you. You never won Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year, but you just won Missouri Sports Writer of the Year. I did, yeah. Show me, show me state. Thank you. I did sense the surprise in your voice, Josh, when you said that going into the break. So uh, <laughs> um, I got to be this honest. Guy? One sports writer of the year? Question mark. But uh, no, thank you very much. And uh, all it took was the Cardinals having a historically bad season for me to uh, to rise to prominence. <laughs> I, I really do thrive when things go wrong. I'm kind of like a pig in slop. So um, I, was, uh, I, w- I was doing some of my, be- my best work this season, I suppose. Do you know something? It's amazing what can happen when you use GP chat. <laughs> <laughs> I will neither. Hold on a second. I'm punching this in. Oh, here. I yes. will neither confirm or deny these accusations. Yes. And did you give me a hot take on? Well, see what Chat GPT thinks about uh, the GP new Chat. I don't know the new signing of, of Chat GPT. Matt Carpenter as a Cardinal again. Yeah, well, I think it would be a, a run of of old AARP jokes and um, and a lot of uh, the Cardinals fans. Man, they're upset about this. The ones I'm hearing from are not happy that Matt Carpenter is coming back. And look, there's a theme to the Cardinals off season. They're bringing the old guard back, um, Lance Lance Lynn. Lynn yeah, uh, you, know, you bring Descalso. Sonny Gray is not a former Cardinal, but uh, he's a veteran guy. You've got uh, Kyle Gibson, who kind of was one of those guys you always thought could be a Cardinal. Daniel Descalso's back. Now, now Matt Carpenter, look, he's the last guy on the roster. He's a bench bat. They hope he can bring some leadership to the clubhouse. He's getting paid the major league minimum. This is a, if the guy's name was, uh, was Ron Carpenter, then nobody would think twice about them adding, adding this guy, but because it's Matt, then people are, are going to have a feeling about it one way or the other. Here's what jumps out to me guys is every signing the Cardinals have made have basically come with the the claim of well, they needed more leadership in the clubhouse. So it's a pretty glaring indictment of what they didn't get last year um, and pretty pretty much admitting that, yeah, Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado were kind of supposed to be those guys last year, and they clearly felt like they needed more help. So they're bringing in a lot of guys who they feel like can kind of help the Cardinals get back to playing the right way. Um, the question will be, can all these older guys stay healthy and perform because it doesn't matter how much leadership you have if you can't do the job then you're not going to win many games yeah it just seems like uh you know help yourself to anything on the lower shelf you know <laughs> uh, and, and and matt carpenter i i mean he was a good ball player he probably still is at 38 he probably has a little in the tank performed pretty well for the yankees he had a terrible uh, run for us uh before uh, we traded him but um, you know, I don't have any compunction about having him on a, uh, you know, a short-term lease, and it's only a year deal, and, you know, maybe good things will happen. Who knows? Well, their hope is that he can help kind of – their bench had a lot of young guys on it, had a lot of guys who weren't familiar with what it takes to be the guy who plays, takes net bat every, every four or five days, right? Mm-hmm. He can do that, and he can help get some of these young guys prepared for – He's going to be kind of the captain of the bench. Um, no one is is mistaking this for being a big splash signing. It gets more headlines because he's a familiar name. the The Cardinals are only picking up the the smallest portion of the tab, the the minor, the, the major league minimum. He's he's paid 
from from the teams that that had him beforehand. I think people are either going to feel one of two ways, guy. They're going to be happy that he's back. They're going to love that he had a good three all-star appearance career for the Cardinals beforehand, or they're going to be disappointed that, that this is kind of what they feel like the Cardinals are left to do is go get guys who yeah. see this as a place to finish their careers. And, and I can understand both of it. Um, Sonny Gray is one of the best pitchers in baseball, but he really is the only splash kind of move the Cardinals have made this offseason. Um, they weren't talking about adding any offense whatsoever, so this can't be a, a minus. But you do fear maybe that Matt Carpenter winds up getting more opportunities than some younger guys who could deserve it. I think they feel like he can take some high pressure at bats in tight spots off the bench if needed, and that he'll help their their clubhouse. The one thing to point out, the guys on the team really wanted this, uh, and they were pushing for the Cardinals to do this. So mm. I think the Cardinals' ownership and front office feels like this will be a win for the clubhouse. And after you have a last-place finish, a win for the clubhouse isn't the worst thing in the world. Brett Cecil's available. <laughs> when I was writing my column about Matt Carpenter, you know, it's worth also worth noting the Cardinals said they're about they're on track to sell three million tickets this year. So this idea that all Cardinals fans are are angry and refusing to go to the games, it's just not true. Um, I'd said I kind of said, well, there's no such thing as a bad one year deal, and I thought, no, there are. And the, <laughs> the Cardinals once signed uh, Greg Holland for seventeen million dollars, and he had like a fourteen thousand ERA. So oh my God. this won't be this this this. This could be one of those deals that if he gets hurt, if he can't, if he can't hit all over, he could he'll just retire. It's kind of like the Albert thing, where if he can't do it, he'll just retire and they'll and they'll move on. But if he can have a little bit of a role, then they get to have a happy ending. I got I got two more things for you, Ben. Before we get out of here, Adam Wainwright has announced that he's going to start doing games for Fox Sports now. I think maybe it was you that said this or Brendan that told us uh, he's got kids. He doesn't want to do a, a game a night and, and work for Bally's or whatever that turns into and and be the new Jim Edmonds. So uh, doing one game a week, is that kind of what we're looking at here with Fox Sports? Yeah, and, and not to, not that Adam is doing everything to for money, but I imagine Big Fox pays a little bit better to do the names too. And he's kind of proven that he can be a star on that stage he's jumped into the booth in some postseason games even as a player and got great reviews he's got a love for the game it's genuine he's a teacher of baseball he likes to to talk about uh talk about you know some things that fans are really interested in he's got a good way of explaining it and i think he's going to be a star at this guys i really do i think he could have a chance to be a very high level baseball broadcaster for a very long time some of these guys who go from the mound to the booth are pretty good, but Adam knows the game as well as anyone, and he's got a true excitement and passion for it that makes it easy to listen to, and you always learn something. Yeah, so a great little not accent. To, not to, not to yeah. disparage the Bally's crew, he's got a bigger voice, and he can be a national guy. And and I think if he can skip that step, it's gonna it's gonna lead to bigger and better things for him faster. And it used it was it was always Joe and John Schmoltz towards the end. And then uh, now it's Joe Davis and John Smoltz. That's Fox's big crew. Uh, but I'm, I'm with you, Ben. I, I think Adam Wainwright could fill that John Smoltz role any day of the week. I do. And I, it's not John Smoltz talks and he knows a lot. He sounds oftentimes bored or talking down about the state of baseball. And it gets tiresome to listen to that for nine innings. Adam is optimistic about the game. He loves the game. 
He's very knowledgeable, and he's, he's got an excitement to him yeah, that I think fun. people like to listen to. So I think he's going places uh, in this world, and I think he's going to be pretty dang good at it. I think he'll have a better baseball broadcasting career than a music career. No offense to his singing. Yeah. Uh, and my last story today, Ben, you know that I'm not a big X's and O's kind of guy. Uh, so this headline caught my attention. The Baltimore Ravens are playing um, the Texans in Baltimore. I keep reminding everybody it's going to be 22 degrees in Baltimore this weekend. So a nice frigid one there. But the Ravens football team, how many guys are on a roster? 55? Have eaten 7,500 <laughs> Smuckers Uncrustable peanut butter and jelly sandwiches this year. That equals about 30 to 60 Uncrustables a day. And I'm surprised it's not more. You've had them, I'm sure. I think they're fantastic. <laughs> they're, I can eat seven. They're only grape, city. aren't they? No, they have strawberry no, ones. Oh, God, yeah. You can get them in strawberry. You can get them in like, they have like a, uh, I think they have like some dessert ones. Um, they're oh, like incredible. You put them in the one. put them yeah. in the freezer. You put <laughs> Listen them in the to freezer you guys. <laughs> they're, they're very good. There's something about not having. There's something about having the joy of a peanut butter sandwich without having to make it for yourself that just oh, takes yeah. it to a whole new level. Oh, yeah. I crushed like I gained like 15 pounds when when Cassandra when we were having the baby because I, I would just get them from the from the hospital cafeteria. I was eating like we were there for a while. I was eating like two or three of them a day. The calories on those things are crazy. Are they? You do not want to look at the nutritional facts. They're, they're bad news. Yeah, we could we could imagine. Uh, they've got grape. They've got strawberry. They've got hazelnut spread, chocolate and hazelnut, Ugh. and then they've got uh, peanut butter and honey. Which oh, no, it's not terrible. It doesn't yeah. sound bad. So. Hey, uh, uh, if, quick, quick, can I just add yeah. a real quick thing? Uh, football Please. this weekend, what do you see, KC? Uh, they're two-and-a-half-point underdogs. I, I think it's hard to bet against the best quarterback in the game, and I think you give him the challenge of having to do this on the road. So you think the Bills are going to win? <laughs> you know, the defense is, the Kansas City's defense is good. Yeah. Patrick's still the best, and at some point these receivers are going to step up for him, even though they're they're largely terrible. So, I think I think it's I, I don't ever bet against yeah. Patrick Mahomes ever. Fantastic. Well, I took him, so we'll see what happens. But uh, Ben Fred, congratulations on uh, that phony little award you won. Uh, we're really thrilled for <laughs> hey, you. I got a question. Do I have time? Yes. Maybe 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 not a question. Maybe a a, a request. Can you can, guy? Can you please fix the slew basketball team? You're down there for every game. Oh yeah. Well, ask Travis Ford some pointers or something. I told Ford if he needs me to go in the game, I, I'm a hell of a point guard. <laughs> you know, I'm a fat point guard, but I could I do it. You, yeah, I could, you got a strong pivot foot. I, <laughs> I do. Hey, guys, down there every night too. Maybe it's his fault. Now, wait a minute. I was <laughs> there in the good rumbling. times. And the bad times. If the introductions would just be a little more enthusiastic, this season could have gone a lot better. Oh, man. We want to blame the front office and uh, the guy on the bench. You're bummed. That says our names. All right, Ben, (laughs) thank you. Have a great weekend, guys. You do the same. Talk to you soon. Okay. Always, man, I I love that guy. And he he gets what he deserves. He's wonderful. Post dispatches, Ben Fredrickson. It is 549 on the big 550. And we'll take a last look at our Friday rush. All right, we'll wrap things up with some randoms. Guy, I'll give you one. Yep. There have been nine songs that have gone to number one on the Billboard charts for two different artists. For instance, Lean On Me for Bill Withers and Club Nouveau. Remember sure, the yes, 80s? I do. Uh-huh, yeah. And I'll Be There, Jackson 5 and Mariah Carey. Both hit number one with I'll Be There. And there's seven other songs, but we don't have time to say them. We don't. Thank you for having me in this week. 
You're welcome. And I'll look forward to seeing you Monday and Tuesday. You'll come back. If I'm getting paid. Yeah, well, don't talk, <laughs> don't talk to the boss about that one. All right. Have a good weekend. See you on Monday.